Sonny. Growing up, how many times did we hear that from someone older than us? The importance of getting a secure job with benefits. It makes sense, right? Getting group retirement savings and disability and health and dental and stuff because life is expensive. We need contingency plans or funds for the unexpected but it seems like those jobs are becoming less and less common. Uh, there's still many large employers or government employees and stuff that have great benefits. And that's great. But those seem to be sort of um, quickly becoming a thing of the past. And additionally, I think many of us might uh, see and recognize sort of the gig economy that's... Uh, sort of arisen in the last five to ten years. So we see people who are more inclined to maybe go their own way or follow some passions and try to generate income off of those. Um, but we also see people that want maybe a variety of challenges and they conquer one and want to move on to a new uh, a new challenge or new job. So I think we see a lot of people that aren't in positions where they have a consistent full-time job or career with the same employer for 10, 15, 20 plus years. And I think it's important that with that transition, people understand um, both the pros and cons of group benefits, as well as what they can do to sort of ensure themselves if they don't have access to those. So we kind of understand how health and dental works, right? They cover maybe a percentage of our expenditures or we get an annual limit on things like dental or glasses or uh, things of those nature. But what happens if you get sick or hurt? What if you can't work? Do you know what your coverages are in that situation if you are uh, on a group benefit plan? Most commonly, I would say people have in the range of 65% of their income uh, on long-term disability, and the coverage would be uh, considered regular occupation for two years. And so this is when, you know, words get a little hazy and meaning um, is uncertain for most people. So if we look at disability, we have um, a few definitions for what occupation is. Regular occupation means your regular job, your regular duties, whatever those might be. And if you're unable to do most of them or all of them, then you'd be considered disabled under that definition because you can't do your regular uh, duties. However, with a group plan, so it'll be a two-year period of regular occupation you get disabled for a prolonged period of time, can't do your regular duties, you're covered. Two years passes, and now the definition is going to change to what they call any occupation. And this is where it gets difficult for people because no one assumes that this is going to happen. But once it switches to any, they're going to reevaluate and they're going to look at you and say, can you do 
any job, any job, doesn't have to exist, doesn't have to be with that employer, but can you do any job? Can you work from home on the computer or can you do, you know, some maybe less complicated tasks and things like that? And if you can, if they deem that you can, they can uh, cancel your, your disability benefits right there and then because you don't meet the definition of disabled under any occupation. So that's that's a really uh, rude awakening for people that get to that situation. And nobody thinks about getting there, right? And it's not until we get disabled, I feel, that we look at our group benefits to see what we get through disability. And maybe some people will be happy with what they receive. And I can guarantee that some people won't be happy with what they receive. It'll never be your full income or near it. Most of these plans, again, 65%. Some are less, some are a bit more. Um, but you got to make sure that that's something that you can handle in terms of surviving on 65% of your income for an extended period of time. So we're going to do something a little different. Today we're just going to dive into a couple scenarios and see uh, you know, what would happen. And maybe you try to apply the same scenario to yourself as you're listening and maybe we'll come up with some answers or some questions that need to be asked. So let's say scenario one, uh, you're diagnosed with cancer and you have to take time off from work. And let's say it's going to be an extended period of time off from work. And as many of you may or may not know, um, not all of the expenses related to cancer treatment are covered. So there's a very good possibility that you're going to have to pay some out of pocket uh, for treatment, for travel, and things of that nature. So you get a you get a diagnosis, and you're going to take uh, an extended period of time off work. Uh, so maybe your benefit plan is short-term uh, disability. That's great. You can use short-term disability. Um, otherwise, you're going to be on medical EI for a period of time, and EI will last up to 15 weeks. And usually. In the 120-day range, maybe 90-day range of a waiting period, so 90 days from the onset of the disability or 120 days from the onset, uh, you would be entitled to long-term disability benefits. So maybe you dip into that with uh, your group plan, or maybe you don't have a group plan. So what happens after 90 or 120 days pass? You collect medical EI, and now where do you get your income, and how do you afford both your regular normal living expenses, but also the additional costs that you might incur as from travel and treatment and things like that. So so let's say you're on the group plan. You apply and you get approved for uh, long-term disability benefits. You're getting paid 65% of your salary and it's enough. It's a little tight uh, month to month, but you're, you're making do, but maybe the diagnosis is worse and you're going to be off work for a couple years, maybe longer now. This is, uh, this is not uncommon. I've seen this. I saw this as recently as a few weeks ago. So now you're off. You're approaching that two-year mark. And it's really hard to survive, especially if you have a family, um, off of that 65% of your income for an extended period of time. But now you realize that you're going to need more treatment. And you're maybe you're moving. You're going to have to relocate closer to where treatment is. And you don't get subsidies from the government. Um unless you meet a threshold for income, low income that is. So you could burn through all of your your savings and such 
and then your disability benefits stop and now you're hopefully getting some subsidies from the government but it can ruin uh it can ruin families financially unfortunately but what happens after that two years what if uh the group benefits look and they say well i think you could still work you know part-time doing a computer job from home or something and maybe they maybe they say no you're not covered anymore um some would say no i i think uh i think given the diagnosis we're going to continue to cover you and that would be great but what happens to cover those additional expenses even if you still have coverage beyond the two years right i mean if you're moving and relocating maybe you have maybe you have to go to a bigger city uh more urban large metropolitan area for treatment it's probably a higher cost of living so these are things that we need to consider and hopefully those are in our group plans so one thing that you could get to cover this specific scenario of like cancer would be a critical illness policy or benefit. And this policy would be designed. So if you got um, one of quite a few types of cancer, uh, heart attack or stroke or the big three kind of, if you had an episode like that and you survive 30 days past the diagnosis then you would be entitled to a payment from your critical illness policy in a lump sum. And the idea of this is the lump sum you would get is maybe 50, 75 or a hundred thousand dollars. And that money is used freely by you. So it could be used to offset lost income. It could be used to pay these additional expenses that you incur. Um, if you have to travel, uh, extra treatment, moving, if you have to move hotel stays, like it gets expensive. And so having this nice lump sum of money uh, paid out to you really helps families get through that. And they don't have to worry about the financial stress that it puts on the family, which can also uh, deteriorate the, your health, right? I mean, you're trying to fight off cancer, or you're overcoming a, a cardiac episode or a stroke. The last thing that you need or your family needs is to worry about where the next meal is coming from or when they're going to get the next payment, things like that. So a critical illness policy really safeguards against a lot of these things. So that would be a really prudent way to hedge your bets. Uh, maybe you have critical illness through your group plan, and that would be nice. Um, we can dive into group plans and some other stuff after this next scenario. Uh, scenario two, say you get um, uh, some sort of accident. You're playing a sport or you're skiing or something, and you get a broken leg or you break your hip or you know something more serious where you have back issues for an extended period of time so what happens when you can't work because of that and it didn't happen at work so there's no hope of it being covered by wcb so it would be the same idea at the start likely medical ei or short-term disability if you had it through group benefits and then once you waited long enough usually 90 or 120 days you could apply for your long-term disability and say they pay you for two years because you can't do your regular job. So you you don't have your full function. So clearly you're not going to be able to do your regular job. But what happens after two years where you're still limited by this disability? It's going to be permanent. And you can't do your regular job, but you could do other jobs that pay significantly less by chance. And so the, the insurer will look at that and they'll say, oh, hey, you can do this job instead now. So we're going to make you... I don't know, a dispatcher for a taxi service or something like that where there's no manual labor and things like that, but you're 
income potential might be significantly lower in that position. But to them, it's kind of a, oh, well, too bad. So what happens then? Or what happens if you don't have group benefits and this happens to you and you have a back injury or something and you're limited for the rest of your life? Well, if you had an individual disability policy, this is especially good for business owners, sole proprietors, things like that, or just people without group benefits, is you would pay the policy premium and when you got disabled, you would, it would be the same process. You would apply after, it's usually 90 days for the policies we do. So 90 day waiting period, uh, you apply, you get approved and you start receiving payments. And the payments are usually higher than 60% of your income, but they'll, they'll never be close to 100. So you start receiving these benefits. But the regular occupation that we talked about earlier, the definition stays regular occupation until age 65. So if I'm 40, I get a disability and it's permanent. I know that if I have one of these policies, they will cover me as long as I can't do my regular job until age 65. So that hedges so much of our planning in terms of getting us to retirement and then through retirement, knowing that you would have a guaranteed source of income until 65 if you were to be disabled, it's, it's huge. And a common graphic uh, we might show people is you're offered two jobs. There's job A and job B. Job A pays you $100,000 a year, but if you get sick or hurt, you don't get paid any disability. Job B, you get paid 98000 a year. And if you get sick or hurt, you're going to get paid $4,500 a month until age 65. And whenever you show that to people and you ask them, which would you prefer, everyone picks job B. Because the dip in income isn't worth the risk of not having income guaranteed if you were to get sick or hurt. But, when people see that they got to pay 140 bucks a month or something for a disability policy, that's when they, they hesitate. And it's important to understand that if I'm receiving 4,500 in a month, how many months worth of premium is that if I just use one month of long-term disability? Well, if we're looking at 140 bucks a month and a $4,500 a month benefit, it's going to be over 30 months worth of premiums. So we're approaching three years worth of paid premiums would equal one month of disability income on the policy. That seems like a pretty good bang for buck in, uh, in my mind. And why do we, why are we talking about this group benefits are boring and I don't want to think about getting sick or hurt and stuff. But if it's my job to help you plan financially for things, we need to have contingencies in place for the unexpected. Because if we don't plan for the unexpected and it happens, our plan is worthless because now we have to dip into savings and all this money that's supposed to fund our future retirement to get us through the present, that's a nightmare for planning and it would ruin any financial plan that we did. So hopefully you looked at the two scenarios and you thought, hmm, maybe you have answers for, for both already. Maybe you have a disability policy already or you have what you think is a good group benefit plan, and that's possible, I would bring it to a financial planner to have them review it and tell you, maybe just articulate some of the definitions in there and what it may or may not be what you think it is. And so lastly, we'll end uh, 
Group benefits are great, and some plans are better than others, absolutely. But it's important that we understand that for a group plan, it's not going to follow us to a different employer if we're going to switch jobs ever, if we ever plan on doing that. If the employer chooses, they can modify it whenever they please. We don't have control over those policies. And then the, the definitions can be different. Some might only cover injury. Some might only come uh, illness. So it's really important that we, we comb through these and ask the important questions of those that have the information about the group plan, whether it's the insurance company or your HR department or the like. And you'll most commonly find that regular occupation definition is two years. So you'll be covered for two years. And then if they think you can do another job, they can get out of paying you. Uh, past that two-year period. And then what are you going to do for income? That's a really important question. And so when we look in comparison at an individual policy, you can create one that supplements a group plan so that the waiting period won't kick in for two years, at which point then you would be paid. So your group benefits would take you two years and then this one would kick in. You can get one over and above your group benefit in the sense that no matter what happens, if you change jobs and things like that, you have a guaranteed individual policy that can't be changed, which is huge. And that gives you the freedom to be able to move jobs and not worry about what the benefit package might be. And interestingly enough, this is kind of a really cool thing to me. So you have a job, pays really well. Um, you get an individual policy that guarantees you if you get sick or hurt, this is what you get paid. But what if you change jobs or you decide to maybe you and your partner have kids and let's say you're the woman and or you're the man and you're taking care of the kids at home. So you're no longer working. What happens with that policy? Do you cancel it? No. Keep it. Do you know why? Because when you entered into the policy that guaranteed you that if you got sick or hurt, those that was the money that you were going to be paid. So let's say you are at home and you take care of the kids for a few years. If you got sick or hurt and you had an individual policy from when you were previously employed, you, as long as you kept paying the premiums and kept the policy, if you got sick or hurt, you could claim a long-term disability and that would provide your family income and in turn that could pay for things like childcare and the like. And then say you went back to work and when you were at, at this new job, Maybe it paid less than your prior job before you had kids or something, or maybe it's just part-time. Again, if you got sick or hurt, you have that monthly entitlement guaranteed in your individual policy. As long as you pay the premiums and you meet the definition of sick or hurt, disabled, regular occupation, you can get the income. Because as a homemaker, your regular occupation would be things like taking care of the kids, full-time job, right? If you couldn't do that, you met the definition of disabled under regular occupation. I've seen it happen. But the customization of the individual, as well as the bang for buck, is really second to none. So it's to me, it's vital to at least explore that avenue and see if that makes sense. And if you don't have coverage, your financial plan is not safe because one injury or illness could ruin your entire plan and bring you back down to zero where you're starting all over with saving. And that's the last thing that we want for people. And if you have a family that relies on your income, it's so much more important 
because now there's multiple dependents that rely on your income. And if you can't produce that income, what does your family do? If you had a machine in your house and you put it in an office and every year it churned out consistently $75,000 in income, you would probably insure it, right? So that if it broke, you could still get that income. That would only make sense, wouldn't it? Well, unfortunately, as income earners, that's kind of the situation you're in. You should be insured in case something happens. So ask yourself, what happens if I get sick or hurt? Where does the money come from? What does that process look like? And if you have inadequate coverage, you feel like, then it's probably prudent to look at other options. Or if you have no coverage, you should really be getting on that, especially with a young family and dependents, because it's not just you that's going to end up suffering a loss from the loss of income. So yeah, you have critical illness that pays you a lump sum 30 days after diagnosis of an illness. Um, and this will include things like paralysis and things like that too. Uh, the policies will cover a number of a number of conditions and illnesses. So it's important to look at those. And then you have disability, which pays you a consistent monthly income if you get sick or hurt and cannot do your regular job. And those policies, the disability ones, are customizable so that you can have them last regular occupation until 65. You can only regular occupation for five years. You can make the payment start in two. Like it's, you can make it totally unique to your situation, which is way, it's way better than a group policy, which is cookie cutter, the same. Everyone gets the same thing, right? So think about it. Think about the scenarios we talked about. And what would happen if you were in those scenarios and reach out to whoever your planner is and make sure you have a review of those situations. Or if you don't have a planner, make sure you find one. Just say, hey, this is uh, my situation. I got to thinking. What do you think? All right. And until next time, get rich or die trying. Thank you.